Cooperation's easy, collaboration's hard. Kind of put your hand up and said, we're not going to be able to do this. And we can see the benefit of that. The healthiness of newcomers and that fluidness of clusters. Had people coming and going and you think, oh my gosh, how are we going to manage? It's quite exciting. You're listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Kia ora, this is Rebecca Sweeney and I'm a consultant at Core Education and I work with Clusters. And I'm here today with Brian Price from Breen's Intermediate and Jenny Washington from Lloyd Valve School. Hi Brian and Jenny, how are you? Hi Rebecca, fine thanks. Great. <laughs> Hi Rebecca, I'm well. <laughs> Great. I really want to talk to you today about your experiences with the Hedy Order Cluster. So um, you've been together as a cluster for about three years now, is that right? Yeah, we came together about three years ago as part of the uh, Christchurch Renewal Program. How many schools and services are in your cluster? We currently, we started with seven, but one of the schools was closed. Then we incorporated the ECE. So we're sitting with like six schools from uh, now from secondary school, intermediate, primary, and a couple of really active ECEs now. So when I came to start working with you as a cluster, we were looking at effective collaboration. Jenny, you might want to talk to us a little bit about your take on um, collaboration. What is it to you and, and what does it look like in, in Hedy Order? Collaboration for the Hedy Order cluster has been around initially relationships, us developing some relationships firstly as a group of leaders and then we've gone through quite an intensive program and, or process working with you as our Future Focus Facilitator and looking at things like what is coherence across each school or centre and trying to align some of the processes and practices that we have in our, our school or centre and looking at what's common and then from there looking at where we can collaborate with each other. Yeah, so what does that collaboration really look like? So one of the things that we talked a lot about was that it's, we, we talk about this a lot, is about beyond sharing, that it's about getting into critical talk and engaging in dialogue and mixing with other people across other schools and ECEs. So Brian, how did that look like to start with? So where do you think the cluster has shifted from and to in terms of moving from sharing to collaboration? Well, it's been a massive shift for us because uh, by the time you came on, we'd probably managed to look at relationships and what that looked like. And you started challenging us around really, you know, were we sharing, were we cooperating, were we rolling cooperation and sugar, or were we really able to have those deep conversations and you know what sort of practices we had to have in place to be able to have those deep shifts in practice and thinking and I guess we were in a stage where we were hungry for the next the next bit and somebody had to sort of push us into the pit so to speak and I think you know that was your role in being able to take us and to challenge us and so cooperation for us or collaboration is a hell of a lot more than cooperation and what it meant for us was really this deep deeper you know, what does it really look like for us? And, and you know, it has to have a, an endpoint or a result, which is around effective student achievement and practice with what we were doing within our own areas or our own sectors. So, yeah, it was a fairly challenging. Uh, you know, cooperation, cooperation's easy, collaboration's hard. Yeah, that's so true. I remember when I came into the cluster and one of the first things we did together was look at what we really had in common 
beyond an achievement challenge to actually get into the nuts and bolts of what's causing the, the achievement challenge, if you like. And I can remember putting you into mixed groups to do some work on mm. mapping your own situation in your schools and your services. Mm. And I tell this story sometimes, Brian, about how you as an intermediate principal were sitting with Tim from the high school and with an ECE leader, I think it might have been Sarah, and the three of you... At first, when I sort of gave you that task of looking across your maps to see what you had in common, kind of put your hand up and said, we're not going to be able to do this. And But you went ahead and tried, and it worked, and you found that commonality beyond achievement, mm. which is the point, you know, to, to get that cross-sector commonality, I think you have to look beyond that. And I think part of that has come about because of the work that schools are doing around teachers collaborating, and now we're expecting leaders to collaborate. And... I don't know if that comes naturally for for people. We need to understand what that looks like. And I know one of the things, Becca, that you've done is produce that collaboration matrix and it's looking at an emerging stage, a developing and an integrated or proficient stage. And I think when you start looking at those stages on the matrix, you can start to get a picture of what collaboration looks like as a leader and it's it's really exciting because normally we've sat with a, our hat at our own school or our own ECE and now we have to take that hat off and put a, a as a hat across the schools because we're there for the greater good and I think it's really good for role modelling for our staff to see us collaborating as a group of leaders. Why is it so hard, collaboration? It's hard because it's deeper than just we do this, we do that. At our school we've got these things going on because it's that deeper level and in order for that to happen you sometimes have some research that's connected to your discussion. You know, we've looked at Joan Dalton and David Anderson's learning talk, trying to integrate that into our practices or how we engage with each other. So... It's, it's harder because you've, it, it's just that there's a broader picture and a broader sense. More people. More people. And, you know, we've experienced that as our cluster. You know, we've had people coming and going and you think, oh, my gosh, how are we going to manage with what that person who brings this to the cluster? So that's certainly something that, you know, happens in all schools. People come and go so that that's something that we need to really work on. It's ongoing, isn't it? That mm. whole the older research around this, around communities of practice like Lave and Wenger, they talk about the healthiness of newcomers and that fluidness of clusters. So people coming and going or even a whole school coming or going from a cluster mm. is actually a really good thing because if, if you stayed the same the whole way through, there's more chance of you sort of becoming stagnant um, or stuck in your ways, whereas newcomers come in and they challenge and they ask questions mm-hmm. and they make you question yourself and they make you articulate what it is you're doing and why. Mm-hmm. So, And I know experiencing that when we just appointed our DP at the beginning of the year and I was really excited to share with her how, how we tracked with uh, the work with the cluster and the collaboration. I was sharing the maps and how we're focusing on the spiral of inquiry and I was getting really excited and then after she'd been to a couple of the Future Focus sessions she'd said to me I don't know if everybody knows this it's not necessarily getting to a deeper level in the school and I felt a little bit hurt about that because I thought we'd done a a lot of work around 
sharing the knowledge and embedding the practice and talking about what we'd been doing on that le- leadership level into the into the school. Mm. So I think when we talk about collaboration being difficult, it's because it's multi-layered and there's lots of people, lots of people who have varying connectors with it. So a parent looks quite different to a teacher. So for us, it's about trying to make the connectors connect really successfully. Yeah, we've used the Julia Atkin model to build the vision and hear the order. And a lot of that work has been, well, has required you to go back into your places, your schools or your services and socialise the vision or the why with your parents and your learners and your teachers. And my experience in clusters in general is that that's a really hard thing for leaders to go back and do in their schools. Brian, I know you've got a lot of experience in this space around building your own school vision as well, but what's what do you see as sort of the difference between that and doing this at the cluster level and actually taking it back and socialising it? How hard was that for you or how, how did you do it? We did it uh, very similar to you talked about the, the Julie Aiken model. Mm. We looked at what what was the why about brains and what was the you know the practices and the principles around brains, and we were able to well we do we we talk about drawing dotted lines or hard lines back to the back to the core, and then we did the same thing with the the Heliota cluster with the vision, and we we could start putting those practices together, and it was around getting the staff to give me all the the principles and the practices, and then we tried to mesh the two together and see where it fitted, and it was actually quite enlightening. And so when you talk about uh, how hard or it is or the process you have to follow, it's all around stopping quite often, looking behind you and seeing where the people can articulate. That's where the CIA of, 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 uh, of what we have established as leaders, we have to keep talking about it all the time, we have to keep actually showing people the lines and then they get this aha moment. It's easier for us because we've sat in the benefit of going down the journey together and we can see the benefit of that and we can, we've invested in it. But our staff haven't seen the benefit and they don't get the investment because it's just about, I'm not being derogatory, it's just about them and, and there is massive change that goes on and around. Collaboration's not natural within our school environment and in tomorrow's schools it's all around competitiveness and even around sharing between, between teachers. is a massive shift. But if they can see it from the leader's level and the leader can keep articulating it and it's not about losing the identity of what you've got within your school. It's actually enriching it. And and we talk about that and-and model instead of that and and or. We talk a, a lot and around what it could look like and how it would benefit uh, each of our learners and the and the kids in the community. And especially the principals. I've seen, I've seen massive growth within leadership and the principals because we no longer have that, that isolation of leadership. It's really dropped off, and, and it's been a massive outcome for me over the three years in around we've got this high-trust model. So, you know, when, when Jenny talked about people leaving and then people coming in, that's probably something we don't do well at the moment, which is around getting people to understand and to invest and to go right back to the word go and to tell our narrative. There's a narrative being created at the moment, and so it's still in its infancy, but when we get that narrative about the Heliota Cluster and what it actually means, it's going to be really powerful. We can talk a little bit how we created the Heriota name and, and how we tried to give an identity right this very first meeting. We talked about that, and then all the way through you've challenged and we've dropped pieces off, we've uh, uh, picked pieces up and we've evolved it. Getting those links between 
what it means to the school and to the greater learning community is quite exciting. But leaders have got to, it's hard work. It is really hard work. But the rewards are great. And I think the sustainability is brilliant as well. And we can start seeing natural links. And it's interesting, right here, right now, we are starting to see the links go to another level when we talk about the groups that we have together. Those groups are now starting to talk around themselves, around bringing students into their meetings. So the techie bricky they're talking about, let's get the kids in to talk about what's happening. And also, naturally, the whānau is coming in as well, which is actually quite exciting. And it's breathing its own life now. Mm. And that's when you go, you know, collaboration is actually starting to happen when the people down at the lower end are starting to pick up the mantra or the baton and they're starting to run with it and they're starting to run with it within the CIA vision. Mm. It's, it's exciting, but it's yeah, it's hard work, but it's rewarding. Yeah. I love how you've uh, you worked on this vision and, and the, the three big words of that vision are collaborate, inquire, aspire and it's so a part of what you do now it's just CIA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, it's it's just, yeah, we don't have yeah. to expand on it. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the other things that you picked up on there is the importance of leaders being able to engage in storytelling and sense making with, with people um, and that narrative inquiry stuff and I think can't underestimate the power of being able to tell stories when it's about around building and growing and sustaining a vision. And another thing that I thought of as you were talking was some of Grant Lichtman's work around what innovative school structures look like. One of the things that he picked up in his work around the states looking at different innovative school structures is that leaders require everyone to think strategically, not just tactically. Mm. And I think that's some of what you've been doing across the cluster with your staff. You've been almost providing training and strategic thinking so that your staff can lift their heads up and not do that it's just about me stuff anymore, which is really important for innovation to flourish. Mm. Yeah. And I think a really good example of that, Becca, is the professional learning group. So we've set up the professional learning groups around needs-based, and when we had our cultural audit, we decided we needed to put a culturally responsive uh, professional learning group in- involved. Um, but now what's happening is the teachers are saying to us actually we'd like a transitioning professional learning group Would and so it's coming from the teachers because we've created opportunities for them to be together and develop some relationships in terms of understanding best practice knowing what's going on in each other's schools and now they're ready to actually get into that really critical talk You've been listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility.